today on the pod I have with me Stefan Allman. I'm sorry if I said the name wrong. Uh, he's one of the people, like his energy level on Twitter is just unmatched. Uh, I, I'm so curious about what he's, what he's doing and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with him. So I could learn more and whoever listens to this podcast, my five followers from now could learn more about what Stefan is doing. Uh, Stefan, I see on your Twitter bio, you have a goal of Build 50 companies by 2050. What inspired this goal? How did it come to mind and what's your plan to be able to do so? Yeah, so thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> background is I had a father that had three different things going on at any given time. And, uh, and so seeing someone that had like a nonprofit, a for-profit, just a lot of different activity, but also he was pretty present in my life. And so... He was very systems oriented. And so I just kind of grew up, we're talking about delegation and you know stuff like that when I was eight, nine years old. So that was really influential. And then I think also I tend to be kind of a natural coach and mentor. And so if I only have one business, I, I could do that all internally in, in one business, sure. But I think I just enjoy um, getting to do that with lots of different entrepreneurs um, and owners. So that those, it's kind of like two-sided of, how I grew up and then what I enjoy. It, now that you've started going into that, do you still believe that you, you're going to have time for family and for running your businesses? Yeah, I, I have three kids uh, already. So I've been married nine years and have three kids. My oldest just turned four. So it's crazy right now. And um, yeah, I think I've built my life and uh, the businesses in, in such a way that I can accomplish that. Um, I think what that requires, so I'm 33 now, by the time I'm 40, I, I hope to get to a point. So in the next six or seven years where I'm really more so only involved strategically kind of uh, monthly by monthly calls, that sort of thing, identifying new operators, I'm still a little more involved in some of the businesses than I want to be long-term. And so in order to accomplish that, what you're asking, I have to continue to take those steps. It, it takes a lot of trust to start a company, put some money into it and delegate it to an operator. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you, like if, if I'm building a business or I, I'm starting something, I'm, I'm waking up at two in the morning thinking about it. Like how, how are you giving it to an operator and like dealing with that? Some of them I've known for a long time. Some of them I've, I've met over Twitter actually. Um, so it really is just building a relationship with someone and building trust over the course of time. Also getting third party feedback, you know, from other people on, on those operators, if I can finding, you know, mutual friends and things like that to, to get information about them and kind of what other people's perspectives are. So, um, it's, there's no magic, um, silver bullet right to that. And, and it's gone poorly at times. So I've had a, a couple unfortunate, um, you know, partnerships that, you know, where someone's left or it's dissolved. And so it doesn't always work out. You again, going back to the operator question, you're putting operators that run the day to day on these businesses or kind of startups, SMBs you're starting. Where is the list or category? Like, what, how do you look to find an operator? What do you want to see in an operator to get him? Oh, okay, I'll partner with you. Yeah, ultimately, um, a really just two things. If I'm trying to oversimplify, one is a high degree of ownership or like they feel responsible. Um, and then two is that they 
their day in and day out is operating in like a, a pre-existing zone of genius. So it's something that they're already good at. They already have tendencies towards or experience in. What skills do you, like, if we want to go more specific, what skills do you like? Is it industry skills specific or is it just general uh, skills? Um, no, it's, it's more so industry specific or uh, maybe in a certain scenario, it's a little more tactical, like specific um, knowledge that they have of like <laughs> skill sets. Go here, do this. Like, let's say a certain business really is going to be heavily utilizing no code and low code tools as an example, right? Well, I'm looking for someone that has a pretty deep background in that. Okay. So that's, that's, it could be that, or it could be more industry specific, it kind of depends okay. what it is. Yeah. You're starting these companies. How does the partnership look like? What do you provide and what do you expect them to provide? Yeah. So several uh, essentially offers <laughs> some shared services. So, um, things like legal, um, finance, CFO services, <laughs> content marketing, stuff like that. Um, and there's there's not a fee charged to the operating company for that. So uh, that's eaten inside of several essentially, which is part of what justifies kind of where I sit on the cap table. Um, and then, um, you know, the at this point, I, I do own 50% of a couple businesses, but I really don't want to anymore. Um, okay. and so anything that's kind of net new, I typically am sitting somewhere between oftentimes 20 and 33%, something like that. Um, I'm not, um, really like equity hungry, right? I'm right. wanting people to feel the weight and burden of ownership. And so I want other people to own the majority. If, if you're going for 20, 30% of ownership, how do you then, let's say something's going south or not working, how do you control the events of, in such a situation? Yeah, it's uh, a good question. So, um, yeah, I have like pretty specific agreements um, okay. that I've kind of written. So, uh, from a equity, like, I would I would say that I, I separate contractually like, the difference between equity and control. Okay, I see. So you have different contracts for control and then ownerships you you're putting in the company, kind of. Yeah, and yeah. it also depends if, you know, a lot of times it's not just me and one other person, right? There might be a third or fourth partner. Right. And so that can look different based on on that scenario. Yeah. I, now, taking a step back, uh, where did you get your seed money to start building these companies, to start these companies? I, maybe speak about marketing, CFOs, uh, this trade agreement. It, it's going to take a budget of maybe, depending on the company, 20, 30, 40K, maybe more, maybe less. Where did you get your seed money to start? And do you mean 20, 30, 40K to get started? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, in any, like at your first company, starting your first company, where did you get your seed money to launch that? Yeah. So um, a lot of the businesses are, are pretty lean <laughs> to start. Um, and then uh, there's different scenarios on whether operators have a salary or don't. Um, it just there's different dependencies um, and, and how those are structured and negotiated. But essentially, um, I... Uh, I had, you know, I was head of sales at a software company that was acquired. Um, I didn't have equity in that company. I was compensated well and um, had saved up, um, you know, a quite kind of a, a nest egg, if you will, um, that allowed me to have the flexibility to go ahead and start some businesses. And really, like the first one started to kind of cash flow 
the second one, right? So it just kind of was like a roll forward progressive thing. Right. I didn't have some large liquidity event and I don't have any family money. So yeah. it, it, uh, it, it's been lean, right? Like I've done it and that's why, you know, several is all just starting from scratch and most of them have been pretty lean to start. Right. And, and the reason I'm asking is I'm curious too, because I, I'm a person, I've been on Twitter since the pandemic started past three, four years, listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do I want to build my startup, tried building that, failed a couple of times. Uh, looking at SMBs, purchasing SMBs, uh, do I want to go and get this hefty loan and put it on, on my name and get a personal guarantee? So I'm trying to understand, like, how did you start it? And like, did you need cap, a huge capital amount? And from an understanding, you started really lean and simple and each company started one and cash flow the other. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's really more so kind of how that has, um, progressed and it was out of necessity, right? I really didn't have a significant amount of capital to start uh, the first business. And I think really the magic was patience. Right. I, I know you, according to my research on your couple of tweets, you're at seven, you're at 11 businesses across 17 partners. Is that true? Is it still true that you add another business from the time you posted that tweet? Um, it's, it's right around there. Um, right. Yeah. How is that? Like, you ha do you have a goal of like a profit goal, revenue goal? Like, wh what's your goals on the long term? Yeah, I don't really have a um, a goal holistically across several the portfolio companies because I'll say this because I um, I know that the cap tables and what the businesses are are just so like, very different. Right. Um, I'll say this. I more so have goals for each of the operating companies. And I, I kind of view it like, um, I don't want to get involved now, especially kind of going forward. I don't really want to get involved in a business. If by year two or three, I can't be like personally from like a several perspective, make six figures a year. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a bare minimum case, right? It's like, okay, so if I start this new co by year two or three, is there a clear path for me to generate at least a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah. from that business? And so that's, that's kind of a, a basic rule. So then you're saying, okay, how much revenue at what, you know, equity at what profitability, you know, what margin equates to 100 plus thousand dollars a year. So. Right. And a, a, a really interesting thing, I was speaking to Clint Force. He's a broker on Twitter. He, he's becoming more famous. And we had a yeah. chat. He asked me, what's what's your goal? And I'm like, my goal is to one day have a net worth of 15 to $20 million. And he opened my eyes to something that what if we have inflation like we're happening right now? And now the value of this $20 million is five or $10 million. What are you going to do about it? Totally. Yeah. So that flipped my view into thinking, okay, now I don't want to think in terms of net. I want to think of I want to have three to four times of what my living expenses is sure. to be able to live comfortably. And this is a really interesting insight he gave me. Yeah. And I can go there and, and think that way too. I mean, I, I appreciate that point. Um, but I, I think right now where everything's at, like things are going very well. I don't really want to apply this like top down goal that might, right. um, make me put undue pressure on certain businesses just to reach some number at a certain point. Um, but I would say for being 33 and for, you know, running several for four years, I'm really happy where things are at.
I mean, it, I mean, this is this is a thing. I mean, in entrepreneurship, a lot of people go through the hustle, work twenty five hours a day, yeah, and do whatever. <laughs> and uh, some other people are like, okay, no, I'm going to go for the happy life. I I choose to spend this time this time with my family. I want to work on businesses yeah. I enjoy. And yeah. I, this this is something to really look into. I was reading one of your tweets and. Uh, if you had a meeting with someone that you were thinking about, okay, how do I figure out I want to add a new company? And you had a list of, okay, is is there a significant time? Uh, do you uh, have verified deals? Could you talk more about this? Like, how do you go about choosing a company you want to start? What are the lists you go into? Is it industry agnostic or speak more about that? Yep. So from an industry perspective, I'm really just an opportunist. I would say that I don't really foresee myself getting involved in um, very advanced technologies. So I'm probably not going to, you know, be start a company that is using GPT three, you know, something crazy AI, this or that. Um, I'm looking for large, large TAMs where I can verify. I know how, you know, deal flow is going to be sourced. Like where, where are these leads and clients going to come from? Like what, can we can we kind of verify that before we even start an entity? And then how is it going to be serviced? Did I find the right partner partners that can execute as those deals come in the door? Um, and and is it something that can withstand the test of time? So I don't think that a marketing I, I think that marketing agencies will exist for the next fifty plus years, right? I'm not really worried about that in some way, shape, or form different things um, will be necessary, different skill sets. But in general, I think marketing agencies will exist, right? Will an AI software for logistics always really be needed? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, from like a hardware perspective. And like, there's so many different things that could change that. So um, I tend to shy away from very, very technical businesses. Okay. You mentioned, uh and this is a question to clarify for everyone all businesses you have started up until now were started from zero you started them from scratch yeah. you are you looking into buying new buying an existing business how is this going for you yeah so i've offered on two businesses that i didn't didn't get um which is fine i'm glad actually that those didn't work out at the time uh, and then i'm in the middle right now of um I've offered on on another that's very small. It's kind of a strategic data play sort of right. for an existing business that would make a lot of sense. And then um, I'm really starting to ramp up an in interest in buying. Um, again, I'm an opportunist. So I see opportunity and, and I want to find a way to go grab that opportunity, right? And in general, just like the rest of Twitter <laughs> sees a lot of opportunity with a lot of businesses yeah. that you can go buy, they right? Um, so I'm in that group of saying, hey, I think I would I would be overlooking opportunity to not buy. So I, I will eventually buy. And when, what's, this, what's your strategy to buying? Are you going to go get an SBA loan? Uh, are you going to put an upfront cash? Like, what do you feel comfortable doing? It depends what it is. It depends how large it is, right? So this one acquisition I'm talking about, I've already offered on, is under a hundred thousand dollars. It's okay. very small. So I'm probably buy that in cash, um, and with with one other partner who I already partner with on something else. So there's that, right? It, let's say it's larger. Let's say you know it's a million dollars of EBITDA, something like that. Um, on 
certain businesses, again, if this gets a little more industry specific and there's so many different parameters and um, it's hard to say, I'm open to leveraging SBA, right. but I tend, so my wife and I came from over $100,000 in student loan debt. And that's like a kind of like a passion a topic of ours. And we actually have a nonprofit related to that now. And so um, I would say that I tend to gravitate towards using low leverage on an acquisition. Okay. And right where I wanted to jump into several ventures, you have a couple of companies that fall under too. One of them is helping students that have debts figure out what they're going to do with their debts. Could you explain more about this specific company? And then after that, could you go and speak more about two or three companies you have at several ventures? What makes yeah. them special? Why did you start them? Sure. So um, the uh, what, what you're referring to related to the student loans is a nonprofit. And so it's right. technically not a part of several <laughs> ventures. Um, and uh, the reason you know that, that we created that, my wife and I, um, which has been really fun to work on that with my wife, um, is that we want to help people that are in significant student loan debt kind of accelerate. Like we're not going to pay it all off completely. Okay. And we also don't just provide money. We also provide education on a quarterly basis right. and just kind of upskill that sort of thing. And we, we believe that a lot of student loan lending in America is predatory in nature and, and shouldn't have ever happened or shouldn't have happened at the rates and the structuring. And so it's, it's kind of a nasty industry uh, ultimately. And so we just want to do our little part in helping people that are in really, really hard situations. Um, so and go, going up that, uh, I don't know if you listen to the Olin podcast, they spoke about yeah. it uh, a couple of episodes ago that People are being offered loans to go pursue degrees that won't get them the return to cover these loans. And based on the amount of loans the government has been backing, these universities, they're jacking up their prices. And I mean, if we go back to what prices for going to universities long time ago and now, it's becoming hefty for students. So right. I, I definitely appreciate you on working <laughs> on solving something like that. Uh, in several ventures, what are two, three companies that you're like, this is a company I started. I had like, talk to me about two or three companies in several ventures. Sure. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of do a, a mix of different <laughs> types of industries, right? So, um, one is the very first company that we ever started, which was a marketing agency. And we used to make the mistakes of just saying yes to everything and all sorts of different services that over the course of time with my partner, Sam has become a PPC only, um, agency. And it's become much more scalable and we have a really cool team of about 10 or 12 people and um, really love that team. And Could you explain the term PPC, uh, PPC please for yeah, people? Yeah, pay-per-click. Yeah, okay. yeah pay-per-click. So we're, you know, kind of a, an advertising agency, if you will, mainly Google, a few other platforms um, that we'll touch as well, you know, being Pinterest, YouTube, retargeting, that sort of stuff, okay. but heavy on Google. And it's not that complicated of a business. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's fun because it is pretty scalable, repeatable. You can build SOPs and bring in new people and kind of teach them the way that we like to work. And, um, so that's been fun to kind of build a larger team there. So that's one. Um, and then, uh, another business is a dumpster rental business. Um, so that's like way on the other end, right? It's not digital. It's not, um, you know, something that's, 
kind of normal for what I'm typically involved in, which has been stretching in a way. And so you, it's way more capital intense. And if you want to scale, you're, you're having to buy more trucks and more trailers. Right. And uh, that's been really healthy for me to um, lean into and, and to experience that type of business over the last uh, year and a half now. And it's growing and it's, it's humming right along. I think over the course of time, we will look to either expand into other cities through franchising or uh, through some sort of kind of joint venture model. Um, so that's fun. And, you know, we're at people's homes and at, you know, commercial construction sites. And so it's way different than a lot of other businesses. And then um, I guess one other one, I, I started a lending company. Um, it's, it's really small. Um, it, it's um, very niche. Um, and that also um, has been interesting and stretching uh, because I had never been involved in anything like that previously. Right. And I've, so I've started to do a few of those things where I'm kind of getting outside the norm a little bit. And I've enjoyed that because it's um, kind of intellectually and mentally stretching. I love that. You mentioned you have three companies in different industries. You have 11 companies under your whole co. Uh, and they're all in different kind of sectors. Maybe some of them are in similar sectors, but most of them are in different sectors. And we see this debate on Twitter. Don't go for the hold call, go for, go for roll-ups instead of yeah. hold calls. Where do you fall on? Like, I, I guess you fall on the hold yeah. call, but what, what's your, what's your defense on going for a hold call instead of a roll-up? Yeah, it's diversification. I mean, that's, okay. it's really just that, right? So I'm not saying I'm right and someone else is wrong. You know, I, I think my friends that are doing roll-ups all in plumbing or HVAC or whatever, like all home services, awesome. Love that, great strategy. Um, I, to date, on starting businesses from scratch, have, I mean, I have it on my whiteboard. I mean, uh, there's the, the lending business kind of like in a financial bucket, digital services, professional services, you know, kind of um, sweaty, right? This kind of sweaty SMB. Right. And then there's one business that's an info, kind of info-related product or business. So all over the place. Right. Uh, we've, we've seen this debate to rise on Twitter, figure out one company and then go and figure out your whole code. Don't go for, uh, my goal is to start a whole code, but you're struggling in one company. What's mm -hmm. your, and you, you, you kind of started these companies right after each other and you didn't have, or maybe I'm, I'd be wrong, but what's your take on that? Um, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> There's a lot of popularity with holding companies right now. Right. And there's even like the Hold Code Conference right. uh, that's, you know, going on in July, which I'm going to. And, and I know the guys that are putting that on. I'm, I'm excited for that. But I will say, I think in general, for most people, it's a mistake at zero to okay. say, I'm going to have a holding company. Okay. You know, I think, yeah, go, go buy the platform company or build a platform company and then, then make the decision that you're going to go the holding company route. I think from day one, unless you're raising money uh, for like outside capital that wants to fund a hold coast specifically. Okay. okay. I'm fine with that. Um, but for a lot of people that are sitting at Deloitte right now, or, you know, some office, like I'm going to start a hold coast, like, man, I think you need to run one business first. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's my take. And just to go into kind of specifics and operations before I move up to my last question, yeah. uh, how do you set up this whole, your whole code? Do you have a whole code and then you go LLCs under it or how does it, how does it kind of work? Yeah. So, um, 
That's correct. Yeah, for now, um, most of those businesses are LLCs um, that, that follow up to uh, my hold co, and um, that's that's structured currently as an, an LLC taxes and export. Okay. Um, and so that's that's the way it's structured. Will it always be structured like that? We'll that see. That change. Okay. <laughs> On terms of operations, like your day to day, how does operation look like, uh, like for you? Like you wake up, what's your to do list for that day? How do you operate on these companies currently? Yeah. And I know in the future you want to have monthly calls. That's it. But mm -hmm. today, how does it look like, on operation wise? Yeah. So Mondays and Tuesdays is where I compartmentalize all my recurring meetings. Um, I shifted to that. Um, this year, and that's been really helpful. So Mondays and Tuesdays is where I place any recurring meetings, whether it could be with a client of a portfolio company or team meetings or whatever it is. And then um, Wednesday through Friday is where, you know, there's more kind of like chunks of time for focus work, where it could be working on, you know, a team for a new co where we're really just trying to get things stood up and, and ready, or, you know, maybe I'm, negotiating a partnership or something. I'm, I try to kind of pack all of those uh, activities that are a little more one-off, right? Um, kind of like Wednesday through That's Friday, right. and then I have a very meeting-heavy Monday, Tuesday. Because okay. uh, for me, the, the Monday and Tuesday, it gets the rest of the week rolling. Right, you know, like towards productivity. Um, that's the way that I've uh, kind of structured it currently. And then um, I, I just I think that the number one thing I do as it relates to business is I, I talk. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm in a lot of conversations, lots of meetings. Um, I still do, like I'm still a doer a little bit, especially with one of the businesses. Um, but overall, more than anything, a lot of it's decision making. Right. A lot of it is. Hey, what are we going to do here? Are we going after this industry? Hey, how are we going to restructure pricing for this business? You know, lots of um, strategy conversations and decisions. So have you always been a decision maker since the start or were you a doer first and then now you're turning into a decision maker? Yeah, way more of a doer on the okay. front end. Um, and I, and again, I, I don't want to paint the picture that okay. I just sit and talk all day. Right. There definitely is still... You know, like, I, but a lot of the doing that I do is legal, financial, right? Like, you know, I'll I'll write up proposals for stuff, right? And so, um, I still like if in the doing, I'm still doing a lot of things that aren't necessarily the servicing of the client, but more so like allow us to service clients and partnerships and all sorts of stuff like that. And so. Um, yeah, if I'm, if I'm in the doing today, a lot of it is, is more so in like the nitty gritty stuff that the, the other partners don't necessarily always want to do, right. <laughs> uh, that it's, I don't mind. And I kind of nerd out on it. So. And uh, I love your thinking. I spoke with one, another person who's in e-commerce on Twitter and um, they mentioned something that being a clear writer and thinker is really important in leading the business because you're all, there's always someone who's going to be right there on the field doing stuff but you have to have this clear thinker writing doing proposals uh, putting stuff clear to lead the company forward and i think that's really important like i mean both jobs have a, or both parts of the jobs have equal uh, are equally important to progress the business one last question i have we've seen yeah. crypto crash stock crash uh, market crash inflation uh, the economy is just going down uh What's your take on this? Is SM, has SMB changed uh, in terms of businesses you're running? What have you seen? Anything changed? 
Yep, I think what you'll see if you're serving um, the consumer um, is that, you know, people are looking for, you know, financing terms more. They're looking to stretch out payments. You're, you're not seeing things, even from, from other, you know, kind of B2B stuff, stuff that, you know, invoices aren't being paid quite as quickly. Okay. Um, and so you'll see some of that stretch out a little bit. But holistically, you know, I said this to someone earlier um, this week, I said, regardless of whether the market is high or low, I, I believe over the next 10 or 20 years that I, the single greatest or one of the single greatest asset classes is going to be private business. Right. And so that's why I'm both building private businesses and I, I, I plan to buy them. Um, and so, you know, I, which is, which is interesting, right? Because um, then it depends what business you're buying or what business you are starting is, are these businesses somewhat resilient to a market, uh, change the market? Right. So, uh, and I mean, uh, I love the stake. I mean, we've been hearing a lot of stuff in the market. People are like, oh, VC is going down. SMB is going to follow. Uh, interest rates are going up. Uh, interest rates have been going down for the past 10, 15 years, and now they're going yeah. up. Uh, which is scary for everyone. But I mean, build a business you think is going to be right for the consumer, work hard on it, and you'll be resistant with that. Uh, Stefan, I really enjoyed our conversation. Uh, you being honest, answering my questions. I really yeah. love that. Uh, where could people find you and get more of, of, of your, I, I call them golden nuggets. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm really just Twitter. I mean, it's, there's no other place that I'm as active. Um, so yeah, at Stephen Ullman is, is me. So if you, uh, and my DMs are open, always happy, just like with you, always happy yes, to talk I could to, vouch for to that. anybody. Yeah. Love that Stefan. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks.